Hi everyone, I'm Stephanie Bowne and welcome to The Culture Catalyst, a podcast for leaders to embed the systems that create high-performance teams. I'm obsessed with the collective capacity for all humans to come together in small groups and make a difference. As a performance coach and author, I bring together a potent mix of positive psychology, neuroscience and organisation dynamics to help modern leaders create workplaces where people thrive. Hello and welcome back to The Culture Catalyst. Today, we're gonna be talking about the value of strategy. When starting a business, what's the first thing most people think about doing? Yeah, it's creating a business plan. Now, I'm a planner. My best friend used to call me Planosaurus in high school. So planning appeals to my sensibilities, but it's not everyone's bag because let's face it, not everything works out to plan. In fact, sometimes the best things that can happen whenever even part of a plan Just think about the last time you've travelled. Sometimes the best thing to do is just follow your nose. But don't let this be a reason to throw your plans out the window. What is the value of strategy? Why bother setting aside time and effort to think, plan and document a strategy when they're unlikely to turn out exactly as we imagine or even, quite possibly, fail spectacularly? The real value of a strategy is getting us on the path and gaining the buy-in and input of all the people around you who need to either support you or join you on that journey. It's about just getting started, taking the next step, having conviction that what we're going to work on is a worthwhile investment of time and effort. Whether it's documented or not, every business or organisation has a strategy. It's their unique approach to connecting their products or services to their chosen market. Strategy is not a static thing. It's a dynamic process of planning, executing, and replanning again. It's a process of learning, testing, responding, and adapting. Strategy is not a thing or a dusty old document. It's an awareness that builds in teams and allows them to achieve great things together. Strategy is a system, and those who create a strategy system are more likely to find their way through what is often an invisible path finding new opportunities where there seemingly were none. The next excerpt from my book describes how, when we do strategy, we're playing a game of four quarters. This reading is from Purpose, Passion and Performance by Stephanie Bowne, how systems for leadership, culture and strategy drive the three Ps of high-performing organisations. At its most basic level, a strategy is a plan to realising a vision. But plans are limited. We can only form them based on the experiences and inputs we have at the time. The more information and experience we gain, the better our plans become. Plans are simply ideas that get you moving on a path towards your vision. Action is where you learn the true nature of the game. Plans must be put to the test, and the quicker they can be tested, the more people learn, and the more effective their strategy creation process becomes. Strategic planning is like building a bridge. As you build, you learn about the water currents, river traffic, the strength and pace of the men and women building. Your ability to build that bridge gets better as you learn and apply the process, until you finally reach the other side, or meet in the middle. At which point you either sell the bridge, split the profit, and buy a nice little townhouse, or mortgage your bridge and build another one. The metaphor goes on. Strategy is enhanced when it's treated as a dynamic process of creation followed by execution. When we play the game of strategy, we play the game of four quarters. The quarters could be spread over a financial year, 
a month, a day, or a 20-minute rapid process. However long the timescale, the balance of time spent in creation versus execution should be about 80-20. 20% strategy creation, 80% strategy execution. Each time we take a swing at strategy creation, we reflect on our learned experience, reset our approach, and reprioritize our actions. This is a perpetual process, and each time we play the game, we get better at doing it, so that by the time we hit the fourth quarter, we are running at double the speed. Back on the innovation maze, most teams make it across around the 20-minute mark. I always run a debrief asking the group to reflect on, what did you do well? What could you have done better? How is this like work? And if you had your chance to do this again, how would you do it differently? Teams talk about how they would spend more time planning up front, delegate roles appropriate to strengths, ensure all team members are engaged and no one is sidelined, agree to regroup when the same mistake is made twice, and above all, help the innovators cutting the path through the maze. Their role is the most important to success for the whole. I give them an option to put their theories to the test, run the activity again with a new path but only half the time. Most teams take up the option, and over 90% are successful in completing within the 10 minutes. How? Because they have learned the strategy creation to strategy execution process. This reading was from Purpose, Passion and Performance, awarded top three leadership books in Australia in 2001. So when thinking about the value of strategy, there's two points I'd like to make here. Strategy is about getting us on the path. It's about getting us started and restarted and restarted. Now, there's effectively two forms of strategy that's worth thinking about here. One is planned. It's the one we all know. Getting in rooms, thinking about a way forward, setting goals and documenting that process so that we can then communicate a way forward with our organizations and our teams. The flip side to plan strategy is emergent strategy. Henry Mintzberg defined this as the strategy that emerges over time as intentions collide with and accommodate changing reality. I love that quote, as intentions collide with and accommodate changing reality. We've got a new word for that these days and it's called being adaptive. Emergent strategy is what happens in the day-to-day. As we do, we learn what works and we apply those principles and practices to the way that we want to operate our organisations. Now, both are important. And a strategy system is about recognising how do we create a process or a way of working together that allows us to be both planned and emergent. So that's why strategy needs to be both a creation and an execution exercise. In creating a plan, We get together in rooms and we map a path to the way forward. The point of that is to reach alignment and agreement on how we're going to work together. What this then allows us to do is pull our collective resources and realise the true power of everyone working together as a team rather than separately or in silos and unintentionally working against one another, uh, competing for resources, time, effort, all sorts of things that can go on in organisations that can slow them down. So being together to plan our way forward, to talk about what we're going to do and why that's important, that's a really important part of the strategy process. But it's not where we actually learn the way. 
emergent strategy happens when we get out there and we do the work and we work with our teams and we make the phone calls and we reach out to the customers and we try and find the new supply chains and we realize that some of these ideas that we had aren't possible right now. We need to find a different way to achieve some of our goals and targets. So both are necessary, planned and emergent, strategy creation and strategy execution. So the key initial value of a strategy is just getting us started on the path. The second major way strategy adds value to organisations is by creating that alignment. It's getting people to work together to agree on the priorities and actions they're going to move forward with. And I like to think about building alignment as a strategy ladder where at the bottom of the ladder, we're the most unaligned or the least aligned. And at the top of the the ladder, we're the most aligned we can possibly be. At the bottom of the ladder, strategy is essentially not even present. It's invisible. We're caught in a reactive cycle. And what can happen when we're constantly reacting to what's going on is we start to fall behind competitors because we're following others. We're following the examples of others. And we can actually start drowning in too many things, too many priorities, because we're not clear on the major priorities we're all working towards. So invisible strategy, when it's not present, leads to the least levels of alignment in a team. The next rung on the ladder is where strategy is outdated. So we've got together, we've had a session. This often happens in leadership teams where they'll have an annual strategy planning event and it's a, it's a big deal. There's lots of time and they walk away and they've got this great plan. Within two or three months, the plan's already outdated. Now, this happens really often. Then what happens is the plan gathers dust, we leave it behind, we think it's useless, and we actually start to talk negatively about strategy in a business and sort of roll our eyes. Oh, yeah, that was the plan. Now let's look at reality. Forgetting that the value of the plan is to get us started on the path. Now, if we lose our way or if the path disappears, we need to get back together and reset that plan. So strategy, when it becomes outdated, a negative impact on the capacity of teams to align. The next rung on the ladder is where strategy is complicated. So there's actually too much in it. There's too much information. There's a strategy for the business. There's a strategy for marketing. There's a strategy for operations. There's a strategy for people. And all of these strategies don't talk to each other. In fact, what they do is they create lots of internal competition and not a whole lot of collaboration. So again, we're missing out on the opportunity for alignment if we haven't pegged all of those strategies to one central principle or idea that we're all going after together. And all these other subunit or sub-team strategies are built in service to that one single idea that the business is all about. The next rung on the ladder is where strategies actually, it's getting better, it's clear. So it's really simple. It's easy to digest. It doesn't have a lot of information on it. And this is where the one-page plan idea has really come into its own. If we force ourselves to keep strategy simple, to put it on a page, then what that does is it gives everybody those really clear signposts, turn left, turn right, go forward. Uh, And that means they can find alignment a lot quicker. So making strategy clear is almost the top of the ladder. If you'd like to participate in a free online learning event for CEOs, founders, or people and culture executives, Go to my website, stephaniebound.com forward slash events for more information and to secure your spot. This year, we have a program of events on how to create alignment, transform culture or inspire high performance. I look forward to seeing you there. And then finally, the best 
creation of strategy or the best way strategy can be created is that it's actionable. So it's not only really simple and clear, it's regularly reviewed and updated uh, based on what we're learning by going out there and doing. It's actionable. So it's worded in measurable and concrete terms that leave no room for misinterpretation. We're going to grow by X percent by this date. We're going to enter that new market with this new product with these specific customers. We're going to assess uh, the, the happiness and engagement of our teams through culture surveys and feedback surveys. We're going to ensure our customers are happy by knowing exactly what they're saying about us through social media and through their NPS ratings. So strategy can drive alignment, but only when it's actionable, it's stated in concrete measurable terms, and it's clear. It's super, super simple. I work with dozens of leadership teams and organizations around the world on this task. And you'd be surprised at how much effort really needs to go into agreeing on a simple set of terms and measures that define the path forward. Often when I get into rooms with leaders and leadership teams, they all have their version of the truth. They all have their version of how the organization needs to move forward to achieve its vision and mission. Most of the time, there's a lot of overlap between those versions, but it's where there's gaps, it's where the differences lie that creates misalignment in organizations. So the work needs to be done at polishing and polishing and honing and refining and boiling it down to the simple set of statements and messages that that leadership team can use like mantras to talk to the business about this is what we're going after. Everything else is a distraction. And when we empower people with those simple, clear messages, we've created a a map. If you think about going on a journey or travel of any kind, the time it takes you from, to get from A to B really depends on the quality of the map. And we all live in an age of Google Maps. But when I travelled with my partner through Morocco 15 years ago, we were relying on a paper map. We lost our way many times. Now, often when you're travelling, that's a good thing. You're learning lots of great experiences on the way. But in business, we don't want to leave too much up to chance. We want to try and make it simple, clear, actionable. We want to speak to people in everyday terms and language that they understand and that actually motivates them. So strategy can be very valuable in creating alignment, motivation, mission, purpose for organizations by getting us started, just getting us started on the path, but also getting us working together towards that path. And it all comes down to the quality of how we define what we're working on. So the next time you're in a room with your colleagues and you're creating a plan, keep pushing for that simple, clear, measurable statement that is going to direct the energy of everyone in your team towards the same purpose and then start to see how everybody's energy starts to flourish and move in that direction. This week, I am reading a book called Human Work in the Age of Smart Machines. Now, I'm from the 80s. I grew up in the 80s. I grew up with Terminator, Terminator 2, Terminator 3. Yeah, okay, I'm a little bit afraid of machines. This book is great in actually helping us understand that we're not going to be obsolete. There's plenty of opportunities for humans if we can actually harness and embrace what AI allows us to do. It allows us to remove repetitive aspects of our work. And if we can embrace that, then what we can do is elevate what we're working on. So there's no substitute for what makes us human. 
And this is what Jamie Mirasotis talks about in his book. He talks about that what makes us uniquely human is our capacity for thinking creatively, reasoning ethically, interacting interpersonally and serving with empathy. What a great bunch of words. So our challenge really is to relearn so that we can work alongside smart machines and not against them. So thank you so much for this work, Jamie. I'm loving it. Thanks for listening to The Culture Catalyst. If you've enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe and feel free to leave a review. And if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. And if you want to send your thoughts or questions for me to explore on the next episode of The Culture Catalyst, then please DM me on LinkedIn or email me at stephanie at stephaniebound.com. So what will be your catalyst for change today? I'm Stephanie Bound. See you next time on The Culture Catalyst.